Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast, a special edition of the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that have their waivers ready and ready to go. What's up, Michael and Jason? Oh, yeah. What's up, bro? That was boring, Tim. Come on. I expect more from you. Anyway, uh, we are on. <laughs> we are right now live streaming, as you can tell. I am a bit under the weather, and I'm not only sick because I played Calvin Ridley last week. Uh, I also have an actual sickness because in the East Coast, the temperature has dropped by 20 degrees. So I'm not going to be able to be on the Thursday, you know, I mean, the Wednesday night normal episodes this week, but the Twins are going to bring you those episodes on Thursday night instead of Wednesday night. I'm not going to be on that episode, but we figured, hey, since we are giving it a day late, let's give the people an extra episode. We never really do waivers. Instead, we always like kind of do our waivers you know, on the website, brotofantasy.com, on Twitter, at brotofantasy on Twitter. Uh, and you get our waiver rankings like that. And also, of course, the waiver wave on at veterans underscore minimum on Instagram and youtube.com slash veterans minimum. So you have a lot of ways to get our waivers, even though we don't have a waiver show. But we figured, hey, let's get a waiver show today. So the way we're going to do this, it's a little bit different than usual. We're just going to do some news from around the league, what the fantasy impacts are of that news and then we are going to go forward with our waivers we're just going to name some people who are on the waiver wire tell you how much we like them how much we don't like them and then at the end the twins like always are going to give you their waiver priority lists that you can find on brotofantasy.com michael jason are you ready all right so the first piece of news today sean lee expected to miss some time he is a giant part of that cowboys defense uh, i know that i've been starting cowboys defense because of their tendency to get sacks which has been very successful for me um how does this make you feel about the cowboys defense and does it upgrade people going against the cowboys going forward yeah sean lee is an absolute brutal loss for the cowboys this happens every time sean lee gets taken out from their lineup they give up way more points their pass uh, their pass rush isn't the same. Their their corners don't play the same because Sean Lee has such an impact on all levels of the field. Um, the Cowboys' defense has been remarkable this year to start the year. It's the only reason why they've been close in games, and this is just a huge loss for them. Jason? Yeah, I mean, but in terms of fantasy, Dallas defense isn't necessarily – you don't think of Dallas when you think of starting defenses. Uh, it's not like that's a team that you're going to plug and play every week. So I don't think this has that much of a fantasy impact. It might help out the prospects of a few players going against the Cowboys, but I don't think that this is huge news. We're used to this. Yeah, this happens every week, every year, I mean. But every time that you get that Sean Lee injury, the Cowboys defense is always much worse. Um, on the injury front, Greg Olson says he's way ahead of the curb uh, in rehab. Uh Greg Olson, probably on a lot of waiver wires. I have a feeling we're going to bring him up later today. Hint, hint. Uh, how do you guys feel about this? Uh, I mean, he should be back relatively soon. And in his career, when he's been healthy, he's been a starting tight end. Especially if you look at the tight end landscape now, Delaney Walker's out. Uh, even Gronk is not playing up to par. Uh, George Kittle may be downgraded a bit without Jimmy Garoppolo around, although Beathard was his quarterback in Iowa. So I think Kittle is the least. Of the worries in the not, 49ers offense? A cool tidbit, not only his quarterback at Iowa, his roommate. Oh, very cool. Yeah. He also caught a touchdown that was called back on a phantom pass interference call. They called a pick on Kyle Juszczyk that was not a pick. So 
Kittle, I think, has the best prospects of 49ers moving forward. But obviously, tight ends are not very strong right now. Ricky Seals, Jones, Austin Sparing, Jenkins, a few late-round guys are not really doing too much. So Greg Olson should be rostered when he's healthy and playing. Michael? Yeah, Greg Olson's definitely a sneak peek into our waiver list this week. Surprised he's not owned in more leagues. Uh, once he wasn't put on IR, I expected his ownership to go up a little bit. But it's still under 50%, so he's still widely available in many leagues. So definitely someone that's... I'd stash if I'm not a Gronk Kelsey Ertz owner. Some quarterback news. Josh Rosen has been named the starter by head coach Steve Wilkes uh, of the Arizona Cardinals, of course. Uh, it's hard to get any worse than what the Arizona Cardinals have been playing. If you are a suffering David Johnson owner like I am, uh, does this give you any hope? And is there any people that you are looking at to benefit from this? Uh, I'm looking at Christian Kirk. Uh, a guy that he's had a lot of rapport with. Uh, so it, what kind of updates can you give about this move to Josh Rosen? Michael, let's start with you. Yeah, uh, Nick, we, I, was, I was discussing the Josh Rosen move and Nick Dice yesterday because he's a big Christian Kirk guy. He's basically been waiting for Kirk to – been waiting to play Kirk until Rosen came in because they went through all of high school and all the, like, spark trainings and things of that sort together, and they've always wanted to play together. They ended up on the same team. I'm not as high as some people are with the move. I don't think Josh Rosen coming in automatically makes Christian Kirk a priority add. I have him pretty low on my waiver list. I just the Cardinals offense has been terrible. They don't run a lot of plays, and I don't see how adding a rookie quarterback makes Christian Kirk out of nowhere a great waiver addition. I'd like to see I'd like to wait a little longer before I claim, oh look, I added Christian Kirk. I, it's such a great move. Jason? I just want to say, all you I'm so upset about David Johnson people, this guy has 14 points or more in two of the three games. So I'm tired of hearing that shit. He's getting touchdowns. Stop it already, stop yo. It's David, David, David Johnson. Johnson. It's David no, jo stop crying about David Johnson. Yo, you, you get out of here with your shit. He has 14 and 15 in two games. That's fine. That's running back one numbers. If, if anything, it's going to go up. But uh, – We've mentioned it before a lot of times. Rookie quarterbacks like to throw to their tight ends. They like their safety blankets over the middle of the field. So I do think that this could potentially help Ricky Seals Jones more. There's definitely a guy that we've mentioned just has the potential but hasn't really been given a shot yet. And uh, Christian Kirk would obviously be the other beneficiary. Uh, basically the only other receiver there that should be considered rostering besides Larry Fitzgerald. Uh we talk all the time about how chemistry is an underrated part of offenses and uh, connections between each other. A thing that I often say is that I don't think Mariota and Corey Davis are ever on the same page, and that's the reason why I'm low on him. Hey, so, you got, got to sneak Corey Davis disses in there whenever you can. <laughs> Always. <laughs> him, of course. Corey Davis has less regular season touchdowns than Christian Kirk. Oh, shut your face! <laughs> so, uh, does he actually? I don't know if Kirk has a question. Ah, just keep Christian Kirk. But soon he will, because Kirk will. I think Kirk is worth a roster spot now that Rosen's around. Uh, I wouldn't waste the number one waiver on him or a lot of fab money, but why not throw three bucks on him and see if it hits? Yeah, same. I think. Uh, look, another thing that we forgot to mention is backup quarterbacks, whether they're rookies or not, and number two receivers always seem to have a big time connection for whatever reason it may be. Um, they always end up having a big time connection. So. Uh, Yes, let's let's move on from that. Uh, LaShawn McCoy progressing well. He's day-to-day. -day. Um, 
you feel a lot better about that Buffalo Bills offense now uh, that you saw Josh Rosen. I mean, not Josh Rosen, excuse me, Josh Allen completely take it to the probably the best defense in the league. Um, but yes, AJ Green, another injury update. Um, they are not uh, updating his status at all. Uh, he has a groin injury. Um, we're going to have to wait and see the practice report. Uh, this opens up an opportunity for Tyler Boyd, a guy that I was all over last week. Yeah, Tyler Boyd becomes a great play. I'd probably put him inside of my top 18 receivers if A.J. Green can't go this week. Uh, he's clearly shown rapport with Andy Dalton. The The Bill Lazor Cincinnati offense has been way better than any previous Cincinnati offense. Uh, it's There's still no Joe Mixon there, so, I mean, they're going to – they're going to need to pass the ball, and if Tyler Boyd is the one and two receiver, basically, because who else is he going to throw to, It's it would be great for him. Even if Green plays, Tyler Boyd, after these last two weeks, has clearly played himself into wide receiver three territory. Yeah. yeah. I, I, sorry, go ahead, Jason. There's obviously room for another receiver to excel in the Bengals' offense. A lot of people hope that it would be John Ross, but it's clear now that it's Tyler Boyd, and if people were giving John Ross a shot earlier in the year, now that you see what Tyler Boyd is doing as the number two, there's obviously hope there for him to keep this up. Maybe not at the pace that he's been doing it at. But we've seen Andy Dalton support two receivers before, uh, not necessarily a wide receiver one and two, but A.J. Green will be a wide receiver one. Tyler Boyd, he can be a wide receiver three flex play the rest of the year. Andy Dalton has the enough prowess to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I was all over Tyler Boyd last week. Started him in one of my lineups. He got me 26 points. It was fantastic. But you could tell that that offense, again, has room for a number two guy, just like Jason said. Oh. I was big on John Ross uh, during the season. That's John Ross calling, I think, telling me that I made a mistake. But uh, I was big on John Ross uh, going into the season. But that's just because I, I believe in Andy Dalton's ability to support two wide receivers. That offense runs through wide receivers. Um, Tyler Boyd, he, he can't stop saying good things about Tyler Boyd and Andy Dalton. They have a connection. Uh, if you have Tyler Boyd on your team, do it. He's 18% owned, so get on that if you if he's available. Uh, I would burn my number one waiver on him. What do you about you guys? Uh, we'll get into that later on a little bit, the priority list, but I do love Boyd. I would rather own this might be a little this might be a little controversial between us. I feel like you might lean the other way since you're a Boyd owner, but I'd rather have Calvin Ridley. Hmm. It, well, you can't go wrong with either one. I I played against Calvin Ridley this week and that was the I'm seven and one in my, uh, I'm flexing a little bit here. I'm seven and one in my last two weeks in my eight leagues that I that are like uh, not in your four leagues. Uh, huh? Say it again. In your four leagues, you're seven and one. In my four, oh yeah, in my four leagues uh, that are not best ball leagues. Even we're, we've been winning in the best ball leagues, but we have we're together. But in my four solo leagues, I'm seven and one, and the reason why I'm seven and one is because of Calvin Ridley. Well, Tim, I, had, I had Calvin Ridley and Robert Woods on my bench in our main league. Oh man, eight points on the bench. <laughs> Yo, if you got you guys admitted that you were wrong about Cooper Cup, I admit that I'm wrong about Robert Woods. That offense could clearly sustain three wide receivers. All three of them played 97% or more of the snaps last week. Robert Woods exploded. I was waiting for this game to happen. I said that I loved him on Twitter this week, and I hope you guys played him. It's unreal, too, because Todd Gurley also puts up at least 25 points a game. It doesn't yes. make sense how it's possible. I, I have in our in our San Diego Studios League, I'm starting Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and Cooper Cup every week, and I have no qualms about it at all whatsoever. They play Thursday night this week against Minnesota. Yeah, so I'll find out real early if I'm in. The Rams have some concerns on the defensive end, though. It sounds like the Keith Talib's going to be out a while. And Marcus Peters, two to four weeks. Peters, so we're talking about their dynamic defense. It's already very depleted, so 
which uh, could be which could be better news for the offense. Exactly, it puts more pressure on the offense to keep scoring. So, uh, Baker Mayfield finally named the starting quarterback for the Browns after Hugh Jackson had to go and Hugh Jacksonize the decision and wait a day just for the fuck of it. Um, what do you guys think about the players around him? And I think David Njoku gets a giant step up. Uh, what are you thinking about the players around? I think everybody's going to get a step up. Uh, Carlos Hyde is, I think, going to be a high-end running back two the rest of the year, potentially a running back one. Uh, with Tyrod Taylor, who's already – touchdowns were keeping him afloat as a running back two, but when you have a quarterback that can throw the ball like he still can, uh, that'll just open up some lanes for Hyde, and he should be a reliable running back two the rest of the year rather than a touchdown-dependent one. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I think, has some wide receiver one potential. I was not high on him coming into the year, but I think it's obvious now that uh, I mean, they got rid of Josh Gordon. Baker Mayfield's the quarterback now instead of Tarod Taylor. So everything has fallen into place for Landry to be a force. So I was definitely uh, not one of my better calls in the beginning of the year, but that's because I didn't expect Mayfield to take over so quickly. Uh, and Antonio Callaway is playing a lot of snaps. Rashard Higgins is even seeing targets. I think all of the receivers there, until we see what Mayfield is made of, I think they all deserve a speculative roster spot. Yeah. I think I think Baker Mayfield is the biggest increase of any like rookie quarterback addition. I think the, with Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield, definitely think Baker Mayfield has the biggest impact on his receivers. All right, that is the updates from the news around the league. Just another injury update for the UJ Giant owners. He's expected to practice this week. So, um, yeah, that's it. Corey Clement hurt. This is why, guys, you gotta you gotta. Just a, a programming note. You got to continue to follow us even after we do the shows because we do the shows on Wednesday night. And a lot of time is between Wednesday night, basically Thursday, between Thursday and Sunday. And Corey Clement found himself on that injury list. And if you followed us on Twitter, you would have known that Wendell Smallwood was a pretty good play. And we, we now we mentioned it. Wendell Smallwood ended up getting the most points in that backfield, 15 points. So... Look, that backfield is not going to be a one-back backfield ever. That's not Doug Peterson's style. It's not how he does things. So if you think that anyone's going to be the workhorse because of injuries, that's just not the case. So, uh, yeah, anyway, moving on from that, let's go to our waiver wires this week. Wendell Smallwood definitely not on the waiver wires this week because of that, the return of J.J. to practice. Uh, let's start with the first guy who went absolutely ape shit last week. Calvin Ridley backs up a great game with another great game. He was, uh, look, that offense takes a giant step up. And you know I'm a Matt Ryan hater, but Matt Ryan all of a sudden becomes a quarterback that I'm trying to own uh, now that Calvin Ridley is part of the offense because there's so many weapons there. You could put me back there and I could throw three touchdowns a game. Um, how do you feel about Calvin Ridley, 44% owned in Yahoo Leagues? Yeah, he is a sneak peek. He's my number one waiver priority this week. I feel like he... He fits perfectly in the Atlanta offense uh, with the way Steve Sarkeesian is running it. In his last eight red zone appearances, the Falcons have eight touchdowns. They're actually top ten in the league in red zone uh, in red zone touchdowns compared to last year in the first game of this year. It looked like they couldn't do a thing in the red zone. And it's because Calvin Early has a big part of it. He had three touchdowns last week, which equaled Julio Jones' total from all of last year and his total from – he already surpassed him this year as well. Julio still hasn't found the end zone. And he just he he's clearly gonna be a big part of the offense. He he torched PJ Williams, who started in place of Ken Crawley last week. And it 
people are going to be double teaming Julio and leaving Calvin Ridley to work one on one. And if last week was any indication, he's going to be a great play. Jason? I do want to add though, temper your expectations. I think the Calvin Ridley hype is getting a little extreme. I know he had three touchdowns this year, so I guess it's this week. So I guess it's understandable. But we've seen Muhammad Sanu have games like this in the past. Uh, the Saints' defense is clearly not what it was last year. We've seen the Saints and Falcons have very uh, tight shootout games in the past almost every year. So I do think this was the perfect uh, the perfect storm, I guess, for Calvin Ridley to score three touchdowns. But I would say temper your expectations. Mohamed Sanu is still there. Devontae Freeman's out, so uh, they haven't been running as much. When he's back, him and Coleman will still both be involved. Uh, Julio Jones wasn't too involved last week either. So I'm a little weary of Calvin Ridley. I'm, I'm not as sold as everyone else is. Guys, I have the most important update in the world that I forgot to mention. Uh, because of my win streak that I've put together in my four teams, I officially have reached platinum level on Yahoo. Come see me, baby. Despite, despite the fact that I had my brother's teams on my username that always perennially finished in last years ago and those two years I went to grad school that I was the worst fantasy player of all time because I wasn't paying attention. I'm back to platinum where I'm supposed to be. What's your brother, up? Your brother Johnny's teams. You're making it sound like our teams are Oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My brother Johnny's teams. My brother Johnny's teams. That's important. The reason why he all he did was sneak for his first, like, five. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just to mention, we forgot to mention a big injury. Jimmy Garoppolo. Out for the season. Uh, let's talk about that before we get into our next waivers. Sorry for not mentioning it before, but how does this affect the people around Jimmy Garoppolo? So I'm my initial takeaway is Matt Breida, Matt Breida owners. The touchdown potential is probably going to be lower, but man, he should be super involved. CJ Beathard by far threw to his running backs more than any besides Drew Brees. He's the only one who's similar, but Drew Brees is thrown to Ingram and Kamara, so that's understandable. But C.J. Beathard threw over 30% of his passes to the running back last year. Carlos Hyde averaged over eight targets a game last year when C.J. Beathard was at the helm compared to less than four when it was any other quarterback. And now Matt Breida gets that exact life into him the, of the passing game because it's not going to be Alfred Morris. Mark, he's good when obviously takes a step back. Yeah, I would say just like when you see any team that's struggling or doesn't have a great quarterback uh, – the running back and tight end will still remain fantasy viable, but the wide receivers are basically toast. Big, big blow for Marquis Goodwin owners who originally being drafted in the 10th round by the end of the draft, got all the way up to the sixth round. Big expectations. For I mean, him. he played one game with Jimmy G and scored a touchdown. It would have been a nice year for him if he stayed healthy. Yeah. Agreed. I, we were both, we were all, all over him. Um, all right, let's go to our second waiver. Tyler Boyd. Uh, we talked about him a little bit before. Uh, he's 18% owned right now. He was on the waiver wave last week. So if you watch that, youtube.com slash veterans minimum, you would have picked him up and you would have been chilling. Uh, but if you don't have him, he's still available. Uh, Tyler Boyd, we talked about him already. Uh, so we don't have to get too much into it. But Jason, let's start with you since we already heard Michael's thoughts. Uh, how are you feeling about Tyler Boyd? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned him a little earlier too. The Bengals can support two wide receivers, especially with uh, they don't really have a tight end that's – I mean, they're playing with three tight ends right now that are taking some uh, passes from Dalton, but there's really just a two-man game when it comes to Boyd and A.J. Green right now. So that's definitely someone you want, especially with the way Dalton's been playing of late. Not to mention that they're going into Atlanta where Drew Brees just torched Atlanta. The defense is very depleted. 
Michael? Yeah, Drew Brees tortures everybody, though. So <laughs> can't really look at that that much. But, yeah, uh, exactly what I said earlier about Tyler Boyd, especially if A.J. Green is out. Uh, he's definitely a great play and definitely someone who should be rostered. Uh, the next one uh, that I want to mention, another wide receiver, Geronimo Allison, caught a pass uh, for a touchdown last game. He is the number two target. It's pretty clear in Green Bay. He has 18 targets in three games, so getting a lot of volume. Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. They have no running game to speak of, really, although Aaron Jones uh, looks like he's going to be the running back there. Um, Geronimo Allison, how do you guys feel about him? I was the only person in the entire universe that ranked Geronimo Allison within the top 36 receivers to start the year. And he just continues to prove that he belongs there because the Packers are running a shotgun offense where they barely run the ball. So that means Allison's going to get looks. And he's scoring long touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, you could do a lot worse than a receiver for Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't understand what's taking people so long to realize this. Yeah, I, I agree. Jason definitely was one of the – I don't know if there was anyone else in the world who ranked Jerome Allison, even like their top 50 receivers. I wasn't as high going into the year, but it looks like Jason wins this one because Allison is very much involved. And like he said, if you could get a starting receiver in the Aaron Rodgers offense, why are you not owning him? It's as simple as that. Uh, next on the list is Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin with 10 targets last game. Uh, those all games of four and then six targets. So his targets are increasing every game. Five receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown. But he had 13.9 points, but he dropped the touchdown and he lost a fumble, which he had the ability to get 20 points in this game. Uh, Michael, you're a guy that's been on Chris Godwin for a very long time, including last year. Um, tell us about Chris Godwin and why you like him so much. Listen, I've been on the Chris Godwin bandwagon for literally all year, all offseason, I told everyone to draft him. And he's doing exactly – he's even, he's probably surpassing expectations. He has a touchdown in every game. He's already up to 171 total yards. He's on pace to have a huge season. And yesterday he actually dropped a touchdown. Uh, he dropped another one in the front of the end zone, which is a tougher catch, but still could have been a touchdown. And he had that catch and run where he was tagged down. That was He almost had four touchdowns yesterday. Plus he lost that fumble, and he still put up 14 points. People keep saying, but what if Ryan Fitzpatrick loses his job? He put up 98 yards and 111 yards and a touchdown last year in his last two games with Jameis Winston. I know Fitzpatrick throws it across, just slings it all over the field. But if you forgot, Jameis Winston does the same exact thing. That's <laughs> what his biggest fault is, most people say, is that he just he doesn't care and he throws too many interceptions because he just throws it downfield 24-7. He's basically the younger Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sure, maybe he's a little more conservative. But that's not a terrible thing. It's not like Chris Godwin's the one streaking up the sideline. It's Mike Evans. Chris Godwin continues to perform at a wide receiver three level or better and continues to be on their own. He's still only 42% owned. If you don't own him, get him on your team. Jason? I think the difference between Fitz and Winston is tight end usage. Ryan Fitzpatrick is notorious for not using tight ends. Winston is notorious for being best when targeting his tight ends. And he has two that are very capable of catching the ball in Brayton O.J. Howard. And that's why I'm a little skeptical of Chris Godwin. Godwin, last year when Evans, uh, DJX, Howard, Bright, when they were all playing, Chris Godwin barely got any looks. And it was always – you always see this stack going around that Chris Godwin is a top – is a wide receiver too every time someone is injured, every time Evans isn't playing or DJX isn't playing. But when everyone is playing on that team with Winston at quarterback – 
Godwin hasn't had that much success. There's just not that much to go around. Winston isn't that good. It's not that's that's really not that true. Every time he plays over 70% of the snaps, he's a wide receiver three or better. And he's done that every game in his last five games, and he's been a wide receiver three or better in every game. OJ Howard has been involved because Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, he usually doesn't throw his tight ends, but they're also usually not as talented as OJ Howard. Yeah, he's he's been a beast. Howard had eight targets uh last game, four the game before. Break caught a touchdown. So that's ten targets that went to tight ends, and Godwin still had 10 targets himself. And it's not like the Buccaneers' defense is going to shut people out. They're going to have to pass. I, I, I'm a big fan of Chris Godwin, and I think his usage, I mean, his ownership percentage is so badly low. It doesn't make any sense to me. They can't run the ball either. So it's odd. It's only the, the obvious thing that they're going to pass the ball, and the people are going to get targets. Uh, O.J. Howard, another guy that you should consider picking up on your waiver wires if you're tight end needy. Um, Buck Allen is the next guy on this list. Buck Allen is 28% owned. Going into last season, everyone loved Danny Woodhead because of the stat that the Ravens threw to the running back in the backfield more than anyone else. Well, it's only a year later, and here's Buck Allen taking on that Danny Woodhead role. He, in half-point PPR leagues, has put up 12, 13, and 16 points in back-to-back-to-back weeks. He had six targets, seven targets, and four targets out of the backfield, a receiving touchdown in, uh, in in his last game. This is a guy who has been one of the more consistent players in fantasy, only 28% owned, uh, Buck Allen. How are you feeling about him? Yeah, I started Buck Allen over Dalvin Cook in one of my leagues where Dalvin Cook was ruled out late and ended up working out perfectly perfectly for me last week. He actually outsnapped Alex Collins. He played 54% of the snaps, and Collins played 46% of them. And Buck Allen, he's... Jim Harbaugh said after the game that the Ravens are very lucky to have a guy of Buck Allen's caliber because he's one he's proven to be a great player in the league and they're happy to have him. It's not like they're gonna stop giving him the ball. He's a big part of the offense. He's he gets most of their goal line carries and he he gets most of the receptions. So he's a weekly flex option, it seems like now, and a great bi week filling. I agree. I think when you're looking at a group of running backs. It's pretty clear that Alex Collins is the more talented one. But either way, if you ask me, do you want the more talented running back that gets the ball from first and second down between the 20s, or do you want the less talented back that's the passing cat, the pass catcher and the touch and the goal line back? The answer is that one. Buck Allen, the pass catcher and the goal line back. I think if you're in a PPR league, the pass catcher goal line back is always the answer. Um, Antonio Calloway, another guy that was on the waiver wave last week. Uh, he had a great connection with Baker Mayfield uh, when they played in the preseason. One of the things we mentioned was if Baker Mayfield takes over, Antonio Calloway has a really good shot of being the guy. Uh, Antonio Calloway, how do you guys feel about him going forward? I love him, honestly. I think he has wide receiver three potential. I don't love him. I love Baker Mayfield. So that's where I'm at. I think Baker Mayfield is good enough to support uh, Landry and Callaway. I mean, they only have one real weapon in Landry. Callaway, one proven weapon, I should say. So I think Callaway saw a lot of targets with Mayfield. He dropped one uh, 40-yard pass. That was an absolute dime. Uh, People were excited about Callaway once Gordon got traded, even when Tyrod Taylor was a quarterback, and he barely even throws too much. So... Be more excited now that Baker Mayfield is a quarterback because he doesn't just throw, he throws dimes. Yeah, and we saw Callaway get behind the defense twice last week against the Jets and Tyrod Taylor underthrown both times. Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor, so 
expect that to not happen at as as big of a, as much of a pace as it was happening to Tyrod Taylor. And Callaway played the most snaps of any player on the Browns last week. So, I mean, he's very involved, and he's definitely something to keep an eye on and to add to your team is a, definitely worth an add to the end he, of your He's owned in one-third of Yahoo Leagues. Uh, Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins in the backfield. Michael, you have hit them on your list here uh, of people that you would consider picking up. Um, Marlon Mack definitely on the decline for most people. Uh, why is Marlon Mack on your radar to pick up? Uh, whenever anyone is a viable option at running back, you have to have them on your roster. The Colts have Mack and Wilkins as their two main running backs. So one of these guys is going to have to score a touchdown at some point. One of these guys is going to have to burst out a long run at some point. It's those two who are leading the pack. Uh, Wilkins looked better two weeks ago. Mack didn't play last week, and Wilkins was hardly involved, which was strange. Uh, they're just not really utilizing their running game, but if you need running backs and or you're hit with injuries, Mack and Wilkins are two guys that are going to get at least 10 touches a game, more or less, so they should be on our roster. But do you ever see yourself starting Marlon Mack? If there's a bye week and you have to, sure. I would say on the bye week if you're if you're desperate. I don't know. Like this week, there's no Christian McCaffrey. If you had McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman, Bell and Freeman aren't there, and McCaffrey's on bye, maybe you need to start Marlon Mack. And if you did have those three players, good job uh, drafting because those guys all went in the second round and you got them all somehow. True. <laughs> it doesn't work for you anymore. It doesn't work for you anymore, no. Um, let's move on. We talked about Christian Kirk and his ownership when we talked about Josh Rosen, so we'll pass by that. A guy that I am super, super intrigued by, Dallas Goddard. Um, here's a guy who got seven receptions. And if you break down his tape of how he was used by the Eagles, he was used as a slot wide receiver. And he they lined him up opposite of Zach Ertz, who was also lining up in the slot. And one of them was getting coverage by a linebacker just because that's how it was. And whoever got coverage by a linebacker, that's who Carson Wentz went to. And it was over and over and over again. As long as Alshon Jeffrey is out in a tight end landscape that is one of the worst landscapes in the history of fantasy football, I will say Dallas Goddard, if I got fab, I'm spending like, I'm dropping like 10 bucks on him. Why not? Uh, 100, I think, is a reach. 10 bucks out of 160, for example, I don't think is too much. Uh, I mean, there's obviously upside here, but he's also a backup tight end on an offense. So there's also limited upside. And I know he's working as a wide receiver, and Carson Wentz likes his tight ends. He throws to his tight ends. Uh, but Ertz is the guy there. And as you said, when Jeffrey comes back, it's going to be tougher to see Goddard get work. You can take shots on Goddard, but... I don't know. With the tight end landscape right now, sure. But a backup tight end, that's what we're going to resort to. Also, Goddard, uh, he only had two targets week one. Week two, don't know what happened, but he barely played. Perkins uh, out-snapped him that game. And then last week, he was super involved out of nowhere. Like Jason said, with Jeff, when Jeffrey comes back, we'll probably have less opportunity. But, I mean, I still think Goddard gets goal line looks. He's a big guy there. And, uh, I think he's he if you if you need tight end help, he's not someone to just look over. Michael, you repeat that you broke up a little bit. Oh, I was just saying that if you need tight end help, then Dallas Goddard is not someone to just pass by because he's gonna be involved near the goal line more than likely. So definitely someone to keep an eye on. 
Here's what I'm thinking. You're the Eagles. You signed Jordan Matthews on Tuesday. He started on Sunday. Um, you are you have almost no wide receiver depth at all. And you have this guy in Dallas Goddard who, if you listen back to the to the draft episode of VM, he was my favorite tight end coming out of the draft. Uh, great receiver, and he showed that. Uh, two weeks ago, he was in the doghouse uh, for rookie reasons. Um, didn't get in the field, but he looked to have learned from his lesson and moved on. With this quarterback change of Carson Wentz, who could spread all over the field, last year you saw that he made a lot of people fantasy viable. I don't know. I think I, I, I have a feeling that Dallas Goddard could be Aaron Hernandez light in terms of play on the field, not in terms of uh, going to jail and things of that nature. Um, next on the list, Greg Olson. We talked about him. Uh, pick him up if he's on your waiver wire. Like, obviously, this is what you did last year and it paid off. Ah, not really, but yeah, you're right. Not really, but he had that one good game right after the right after he got injured, which paid off then. You gotta take a chance, anyways. It's a tight end. He's proven that he's worth at least rostering for sure. Sure. Yeah, we already mentioned that. I want to talk about a different tight end, one that similar to he's like my Geronimo Allison of tight ends. I ranked him twelfth in my first rankings for the year, and no one else had him ranked at all. Vince Vance McDonald. Uh, two weeks in a row now, he's out snapped Jesse James. He's clearly the receiving tight end in that offense. Uh, Big Ben's been able to support tight ends before, and McDonald is very athletic. It's been injuries that have kept him off the field in his career and not lack of performance. But I think that Vance McDonald is someone that uh, you you should consider rostering if you need tight end help. You saw – I mean, he had that big play yesterday with a stiff arm. He can't expect a 75-yard touchdown every week. But it just showed how athletic he was and how fast he is, too. He stiff-armed that guy and got to the end zone with other NFL players trying to run at him. So you can do worse than Vance McDonald as well. I see you. I see you. Makes sense. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of McDonald as you are because I don't really want a tight end who's not a starting tight end. He's kind of splitting work with Jesse James. He's out-targeted, I believe, by Jesse James. But you never know with the Steelers because they have that dynamic offense so definitely something to keep an eye on i was gonna say jason everything you said to me about why not to roster dallas goddard take that exact sentence and replace the word goddard with with mcdonald well i didn't say not to roster goddard i just said are we really gonna get that excited about him ah okay i don't think mcdonald's gonna end up being a top six tight end either but with the way tight ends are looking i think mcdonald and goddard are both viable week-to-week streamers Tight ends are so gross this year. It's kind of unbelievable how gross it's been at the tight end position. Yeah, it's it's not good. But uh, that's why you have to either draft the top guys or hope that someone else pans out. I like Najoku going forward if he's still available or if you were stashing him. Ricky Seals-Jones finally found that end zone. Goddard, who knows? Uh, McDonald. These are guys you could take a chance on, and I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them pan out. You ready to hear the top scorers, the top five scorers at tight end last week? Vance McDonald, Dallas Goddard, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, George Kittle, uh, following, followed by Rhett Ellison, Cameron Brait, Tyler Eifert, O.J. Howard, Ricky Seals-Jones, and then bringing up the rear at 12, Zach Ertz. Uh, just how we had it planned in preseason, right? No, uh, Kyle Rudolph once again was a tight end one, a guy that we were one of my hat hangers. 
a guy who uh, we were saying if you draft Evan Ingram over him, you're dumb, and it's looking that way. So shout out Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph and Zach Ertz are the only tight ends to be tight end ones in every single game so far this year. Zach Ertz, baby, and Kyle Rudolph, baby. Michael loves telling people that they made love. mistakes. Michael loves telling people that they made mistakes. They didn't listen to him. It's his favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> we got two grants to uh, make the list complete. Uh, Ryan Grant is the number two wide receiver with the Colts. Um, Andrew Luck still not putting it down the field. Uh, Frank Reich kind of gave us a little hint about how he feels about Luck going forward when he put uh, Jacoby Brissett in to, to launch that, that Hail Mary at the end of the game. Um, that's a Hail Mary that Andrew Luck makes before his injury. So you could tell Andrew Luck's arm is still not there, but still productive quarterback and can still support two wide receivers in his offense. Uh, Ryan Grant is definitely a guy I would like to own. Uh, I'm, I am worried about the Andrew Luck injury. He has the lowest yards per attempt. It's And this guy usually would be top five in the league in yards per attempt, slinging it downfield. Uh, but it's nice to see, if you're a T.Y. Hilton owner, it's nice to see that he's super involved, even though he's not technically stretching the field, he's being more involved closer to the line of scrimmage. Last week wasn't a great game for him, but he did have 10 targets in his first game out of the end zone. So if I'm a Hilton owner, I'm not super upset about it. But as the year goes on, I expect Luck to throw farther downfield. So, I mean, I still like Hilton's outlook, even though some people might say it's not. it's looking kind of bleak. I know Jason is lower on Hilton than I am because of this. Yeah, uh, Andrew Luck is basically Alex Smith, but even more Alex Smith than Alex Smith is. He's <laughs> he's not throwing the ball downfield, and that was T.Y. Hilton's main. Uh, every time you saw a highlight between Luck and Hilton, it was a 70-yard touchdown with Hilton just burning past everyone. So I think that T.Y. Hilton's a good sell-high candidate. He, got, he has two touchdowns on the year, something that you can use to try to sell him for people who don't really look at air yards per attempt. Um, and Ryan Grant, sure, he caught a touchdown last week, but he has six targets in the last two games combined. Not really someone I'm looking to pick up. Yeah, it's more of a deep league ad for sure. More interesting, the other Grant, I'll just hop into it. Jakeem Grant of the Miami Dolphins is basically starting his ascension just like Tyreek Hill did. When Michael first mentioned Tyreek Hill on Brodo before anyone in the world ever heard of him, it's because Tyreek Hill returned the punt, and then he took an end around to the house for 80 yards, and then the next game he had one catch for an 80-yard touchdown. This is exactly what's going on with Jakeem Grant. He gets a few touches a game and always finds the end zone. Uh, that's true, yeah. Uh, it's He's not being super involved, but he is uh, making huge plays when he is involved. We own him in our draft with Giants League where they take into account return yards and long touchdowns and you put up 45 for us last week. He uh he had he already has a kick return touchdown, he has a 50-yard touchdown. He every time he touches the ball, he's super dynamic with it and like Jason said, he's it's similar to what Tyreek Hill was doing last year. I'm not saying they're the same player. Tyreek Hill is a one of a kind animal, but it's definitely very interesting. Uh, yeah, definitely. He's not he's not getting those targets, Jakeem Grant, but he's that kind of guy where if you have a pretty solid lineup and you have two bye weeks and you want to play someone and you're looking for a home run threat because you have a pretty good baseline already, play him. 
They, you never know. Like this guy could put up a crazy amount of points. I'd rather take the chance that Jakeem Grant starts getting more work than rostering Ryan Grant. Agreed. Interesting. Interesting. I think I'd go the safe route with Ryan Grant, but that's because in most of my leagues, I need some wide receiver help because I went running back heavy. Um, so I think that's it for the day. That is our waiver list. So without with that, shout out. Yes, uh, I like to mention a, a quarterback to stream for waivers. Oh, yes, go ahead. Uh, Andy Dalton and Kate Keenum stand out to me. Dalton's going into Atlanta. We've mentioned his success with Bill Lazor. It's on the road, so his upside is a little capped, but he could have a good game in Atlanta in a depleted defense. And Case Keenum is playing Kansas City. The lowest scoring quarterback so far against Kansas City this year has been Jimmy Garoppolo, who put up 23, not to mention that he left the game early. And right when he left, uh, Bethard threw a touchdown and was called back on a phantom pass interference. So I'm going to get to that again. So that could have easily been a 28-point game for the quarterback, and that would have been the least still. So I think Keenum is very attractive here. It's because the Chiefs are going to score. You've seen how dynamic their offense is. You want the other quarterback to score too. Yeah, Keenum is definitely a great uh, option this week. And love an Emmanuel Sanders outlook as well because of the Chiefs. Emmanuel Sanders clearly the favorite in that backfield. So with that being said, Michael, Jason, um, you could get their full waiver rankings at brotofantasy.com. Again, that is B-R-O-T-O fantasy.com com no spaces of course um and you could be one of the random animals that come into the uh the chat and no more no more oh yeah there's no more random animals rp random animals i just got mad sad all right but with that being said uh why don't we start with michael since michael is the most excited that I could see in this little uh, box that shows your face um <laughs> jason looks like his cat just died what's good jason Jason's feeling the weather change as well, man. Oh, yeah. you're under the weather too, Jay? Me too. I'm trying to stay away from everyone. I'm not trying to get sick. <laughs> Dude, I'm so sick. To hang out yesterday. You're like, oh, I feel like shit. Johnny's like, oh, my stomach. Jason's like, oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year. Uh, but, uh, let, Michael, let's start with you then, since you're the healthy one, making the healthy decisions. Uh, who's the kale to your kale smoothie this week? What? A kale to my kale smoothie this week. Like, you know, healthy decisions. It was a pun. Jesus. Part the program, people. Am I supposed to, what am I supposed to be answering, though? What are you babbling about, Tim? <laughs> What's your order for waivers? Jesus Christ. Oh, I got Ridley, Boyd, uh, Godwin, then Geronimo Allison, then Buck Allen is the first running back, Antonio Callaway, Marlon Mack, Jordan Wilkins, Greg Olson, Jakeem Grant, Christian Kirk, and Ryan Grant. No Dallas Goddard? Oh, Dallas Goddard was after Olsen. I guess I skipped over his name. Jason, what's your order? Uh, I'm going Boyd, Ridley, Callaway, Godwin Allison, Buck Allen, Christian Kirk, Marlon Mack, Greg Olson, Jakeem Grant, Vance McDonald, Dallas Goddard, Ryan Grant, Case Keenum. And with that, again, you can get all of those on BrotoFantasy.com, B-R-O-T-O Fantasy.com. You could follow us all at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. Um, Michael, where can they find you on Twitter personally? At Mike underscore Patrop. Jason? At Jason Patrop. You can find me on all social media outlets at Tim Patrop, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Um, shout out to Veterans Minimum. Uh, 
you know, just a shout out. You're going to find the waiver wave there this week where we'll talk more in depth about this stuff as well. And actually not less in depth now that I think about it. This is an hour. It's going to hard to hard to be more in depth than we did today. Um, but yeah, Michael, Jason, thanks for coming by and uh, good luck with the the show on Thursday. I'm not going to be there. So obviously it's going to be just, uh, you know, a downgrade in every way, you know. Just <laughs> uh, All right, guys. Uh, with that, we will see you next time. Peace. Peace. Later.